0: Well, in case um, you weren't sure of what we were um, speaking on today and that it's Avent, um, the, the, oh, it's already up there. Never mind. And hope. Hope is uh, the theme. The guys are so good. They're always ahead of me. I don't know why I even try sometimes. But, but hope is uh, the title of today's message. It's what we're speaking about. And inevitably, when you do a topic like hope, when you start looking in the Bible there is like tons of passages. There are so many places I could have gone with this morning and picked from, um, but I've chosen a few. and And we were laughing because Don actually chose one of the verses, and we'll cover it this morning in Romans. Yes, I am diving into a little bit of Romans this morning. I go in with fear and trepidation, as you know. PJ's teaching Romans. Um, that's why I was checking to make sure she's only gotten to chapter two. By the time she gets to chapter eight, you that are in the class will uh, have straightened it all out by then, and you can go back and look at it. But um, also, when you're doing a, a topical message of like hope as well, we're going to be. It's hard to to narrow it down, but it's also hard to to get every aspect of it, and we're going to be jumping around this morning a little bit, and I've actually done something I don't normally do, but I, it's worked out with HOPE at least, is we're going to do an, an acronym. We're going to use the, the front letters of each and, and look at different sections in the Bible, and so HOPE is going to stand for Holy Spirit, Others, Purpose, Eternal Life. Man, they are so good, and so we're going to work through those, and there's scripture with each of them. My caution or my encouragement or my exhortation this morning is that out of these passages, write them down and take a look at them this week and expand them out a little bit more because I'm going to be jumping from chapter to chapter and it's just hard to cover a whole chapter. Uh, We would be here well into the afternoon and I know some of you that like to watch the Vikings would be upset with me if we went that long. No, I'm just joking. I'm missing the Patriots as well. But... um, So I would encourage you to take some time and to think about them and to maybe delve in a little bit deeper. That being said, we're going to head to the book of Romans, as I I mentioned earlier, and we're going to go to chapter 8, and we're going to look at a, a section of Romans that it's hard to miss the word hope in there. But again, with the thought of Romans is the thought of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, right? That's part of the hope that we have. That's part of the guarantee is the Holy Spirit. Jesus gives us that after he leaves on the day of Pentecost. He he clearly says, I'm sending you someone to be with you. And as believers, we have that within us, the Holy Spirit. Deep theological truth, right? And it's it's an important one. That Holy Spirit is key to us as a Christian in our life. And so that's where we're going to start off with the first H this morning with Holy Spirit. Says, in verse twenty two, where we're dropping down to, it says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right have the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, that redemption of our bodies. All right, just to set this up a little bit, right? He's, Paul's talking about that hope that's yet to come. It's, it's, it's in the future. We're, we're headed towards it. And what, one of the things that hope is not, it's not a wish. It's not like, you know, I wish I catch a bigger fish next time. That's, not, that's a wish, and that's, that's, a, that's not what it's talking about. It's a hope that's guaranteed. It's, a, it's an automatic. It's already in the bank. Jesus says it, it's so. So it's a little bit different than than a wish, right? It's guaranteed. And again, it's that that anticipation, which is so apparent for Advent, right? We're anticipating what's to come, right? And so Paul here is saying that he's looking forward to what's to come. And as you see things around you, creation itself is groaning, right? Now, again, we jump forward 2,000 years. We certainly can see that this morning, right? You know, there's, there's a lot going on. There's, if you open up the news, there's a lot of groaning, right? Not only in, our, in the physical world, but among people as well. Now, I will put this disclaimer out there. I have no idea. Ladies, hear me. I have no idea what it's like to have childbirth. I don't liken it to anything. I have no idea. But I am told by my wife and others There's that anticipation and there's that moment of pain and then there's an incredible joy that comes afterwards. Right, Ladies, you can back me up on this. Again, disclaimer, I have no idea what it's like. I know men that have tried and they have not done well in that. But it's the same thing. It's that anticipation. Things get worse before they get better, yet then it comes and there's great joy. So it's a good illustration of what's yet to come. And Paul here mentions the coming, that confirmation, that letting us know is what's coming, we can be assured of it. It's from God. And even our own bodies, right? As we, we age, and some of us have had birthdays recently, some of us even have a birthday today, but I won't mention her name. Um, but there's, that age comes with more groaning, and it's more, our bodies start to decay. We get older. Things start to ache. You know that all too well, right? But yet there's a coming when we get a new body. Again, that's that, that future, that hope that we have ahead. And then these next verses are loaded. Verse 24 says, For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what has already, they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have yet... We wait for it patiently. Again, Paul's making the argument, and he's just setting this up, right? The the hope, it's that hope of the future. It's that hope looking forward, right? It's easy to to hope for something that we can see, right? As he's saying, that's no hope at all. That's, That's already known. But it's that pointing forward, that looking ahead, that hope that is yet to come. But it says we wait patiently for it, right? We're supposed to wait patiently for it. I don't know about you, but I struggle with that some days. Some days I want it to be now, right? I don't want to wait. I want it to happen yesterday already. But it's yet to come. It's coming ahead, but it's assured. It's guaranteed, like I said, but it's not here yet. Verse 26, it says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Through wordless groans, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the, for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Again, this is just a, a small section on what the Holy Spirit is and, and part of what it does, but it's a important part that it helps us connect us with God. It's our connector, it's our guide, it's our counselor, it's our helper. Like I said, we're just going to do a little bit this morning, but you could do a whole study on the Holy Spirit, and it would take you a while. And it would be multiple sermons if I was to do a sermon on just the Holy Spirit alone. Some have often said the Holy Spirit's one of the the three of the Trinity that we neglect the most. We don't make mention of it often. We, We don't use it fully. We don't acknowledge exactly who He is. But it's that guarantee inside of us, that Spirit that can be such a help to us if we only use it, right? Again, it searches our hearts. It knows even when we don't know what's best for us. I often liken to say as well, the, the Holy Spirit is a help when we're making decisions, right? And it's not always the, the right and wrong decisions. Those sometimes are fairly easy. It's the decision between what's good and what's better or what's better and what's best, right? Those are the tough decisions, you know, good and bad, there's, there's a lot of guidance in God's Word with that, but sometimes we need that direction. Sometimes it's even as simple as, hey, go over and speak to this person. Or it allows you to see someone as Christ sees them and connects you with them. I always marvel when I travel sometimes, and sometimes you, you meet someone, and maybe you haven't had this happen, but I've had this happen, where you meet someone and instantly you're connected. You don't know them, you don't know their background, but you're connected. Something inside you says, hey, that's a believer, and you start a conversation. All of a sudden, you become friends instantly. Again, that Holy Spirit works within you. And again, sometimes it pushes you to do those things. Don mentioned the tree back there and all the things. And again, if the Spirit leads you to grab one of the things, we trust that the Spirit will help you to, to, to follow all the way through with it. And there's many choices on that tree. And hopefully, prayerfully, you'll know which one to choose or multiple ones. Right? It also says here, the Spirit intercedes for us. Right? We have someone that is accusing us constantly before the Lord, and the, the Spirit intercedes for us. Right? Jesus is our advocate. The Spirit and Him are connected. They work together on our behalf. Again, if I get into the Holy Spirit, we'll be here for a long time this morning, but do study that this week. But again, as our H here with hope, Holy Spirit is important to that. In verse 28, well-known verses here, 28 says, "...and we know that all things God works for the good of those who loved Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son." that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Again, part of that hope of that coming of Christ and as being a believer, right? He has a purpose for us. We'll get to P, but again, this is setting that up. as part of that, Right? God knows what he wants, how he wants to use you, right? God already has that plan for your life. We just have to get on board with what God's showing us to do. That's part of that pr- purpose, right? And again, God is sovereign over all. He knows us. He sees us. He created us. And so he already has that lined up. That word predestined, right? He, he knew beforehand don't ask me how that all works, because I've, I've wrestled with that, and people wrestle with that in, in darkness. But again, we're talking about God here. He has no problem with that. From the beginning of time, He knew exactly, He knew you'd be here this morning, and you'd be listening to this message, and what you'll do with it. Another theological, if He tarries, what happens next week as well? Another theological truth, I'm not going to get too deep into, but... H, H stands for Holy Spirit, and so now we're going to jump a little bit to the the next point, or yes, this is a four-point sermon, I know that's not perfect, Jared would be cringing right now, but we're jumping to O, and we're going to head over to to 1 John, quite a leap from Romans to 1 John, but we are head over to 1 John chapter 4, others, there we go, Shoo. I threw a lot to the guys this morning. And again, we're just going to dabble here a little bit, but again, it's great to have the Holy Spirit inside of us, and it's great to have the hope, but how does that affect us when we interact with others, right? You are put here on this earth for more than just yourself. Think about that for a minute, right? Another way to put it, it's not all about you. Don't mean to offend anyone this morning, but that's a reality, that's a truth, and God's Word helps clarify that for us, right? And again, as believers, we say we love people, or we should love everyone, and so that's how that should help us affect how we interact and how we have relationship with others, and so first John gives us a glimpse of that. Again, John writes this many years down the road from Romans, and um, Paul's gone from the scene. And John is writing this from a later in life, after the crucifixion, after things have taken place, and he's writing it to the church in Ephesus. And again, he's encouraging the believers there. And so this is a letter written to the churches. And so we get the, the beauty of his words. And again, we certainly apply today, and can use these today. Verse 13, it says, this is how much we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us His Spirit, and we've seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. I love the fact that when we talk about the three. It's right here in this one verse. You have all three of them being present, right? He's given us His Spirit. We just talked about the Holy Spirit that's given us. Right, And John is testifying. He's an eyewitness of Jesus. He saw Jesus. right, And he knows that Jesus was sent from the Father. The reason we're celebrating Christmas, right? And this time of year is part of that anticipation of what's to come, the birth of Christ, the Savior of the world. The real reason for Christmas. Verse 15, it says, If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God... God lives in them, and they in God. let say it's a two-way street, right? It's a relationship we talk about. Right? It's just not a one-up, right? It's, it's, it's continual in-between, and, and it works together, right? That relationship, it has to grow. It should be growing. And so we know and we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in the love again, if you don't know anything about John whatsoever, John is quite often considered the, the love apostle, right? He, he writes a lot about love. But it's not a one-way love, right? It's uh, not only the love of God, but it's the love that we have for Him, but also the love that we show to others. And if we could be honest, we need help with that, quite honestly. It's hard sometimes to love others, right? A lot of you are nodding your heads. Some of you guys, you've figured this out, right? It's not easy, right? And I'm not saying that you're not easy to love, but there are times it's a struggle, right? Who's laughing back there? No, it's good. Get... Right? But it does. It takes work to love. To love is Christ loves us, right? And again, the famous passage in 1 Corinthians 13, you can go back through that and see the definition of love, and it encompasses a lot, I'm actually reading a book right now on, on gentleness, right? Gentleness and what that means. And there's a whole book written on it because it's one of those things, it's one of the, the, the fruits of the Spirit, but how do you wrap your hands around it? How are you gentle? But it's part of being, it's part of being loving. And again, if you break any of those up, they're hard to do on our own. We need help. But again, but yet that's what God is requiring of us, and that's what He gives us. Also mentions one of the things that not only hinders love, but it also hinders a lot of things that we do, right? Fear. Right? Some have said that fear is one of the, the things that stops us the most from sharing Christ. I've done evangelism class, and again, if you go through it, it doesn't take long. It's, it's the fear of something. It's a, the fear of being embarrassed. It's the fear of losing a relationship. It's a, I've heard the list, and there are many things that we can come up with for keeping us from sharing Christ with someone. Fear of rejection, right? But here, if you take this scripture and you apply it to that, it says uh, there is no fear in love. Perfect love dries out fear. Fear only has to do with punishment, that impending punishment or judgment that's yet to come. And again, as believers, we don't have to worry about that, right? And then lastly here, these last couple of verses here, as we round out others and how do we interact with each other? And again, love is the base for this. In verse 19, it says, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother... sister is a liar for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen and he has given us this command anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister and I've talked about it before that that image of the cross right how our relationship is with each other is directly affected how our relationship is with God and transversely is true as well, right? How our relationship is with God has to translate how we are with each other, brothers and sisters, in Christian terms of, right? We don't get the option to hate them or not like them or in Christian terms avoid them. Uh, I've heard that said many times. Well, you know, I'm working on loving them, but I'm just going to avoid them until I get to that point. It's not biblical. Right? It's a command. It's it's not an option for a believer. And so John's words here are pretty strong, Because God's loved us, we need to love others. We don't have a choice in that. And again, that's evidence or that's a showing of our love for God is how we love each other. And so others is vitally important to that. And it's also part of our hope, that hope that we share. And we talked about sharing our faith. All right, next we're going to jump to purpose. Purpose. And for purpose, we're going to jump over to Ephesians. Again, some familiar verses and another one of the letters. This one is from Paul, right, to the church in Ephesus. And Ephesians is one of my, my books that I, I, I love to, to teach on or to spend time in because it's, it's full of um, deep doctrinal truths. The first three chapters are, are solid teaching, solid doctrine. And then in the last three chapters are how do you put it in practice? And if you know me and you that have been here, you know, it's great to know God's word, but then how, what do we do with it, right? Application. How do we apply it to our lives? How do we take something that's written in our heart and then put it to work? And so in Ephesians, one of the things it does is it gives us purpose. Right? And we're going to look at P now, purpose. And we're looking at Ephesians chapter 2. And again, some familiar verses, but tying in and working through that same theme of hope. Holy Spirit, others, and now purpose. Verse 4 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Verse 4 is one of those key doctrinal verses, right? It's um, it's by grace you've been saved, right? It's not something we did. It's not something we could do on our own. We needed Grace, and that grace is a, a means for paying for those sins. Ascending of Christ, that's, the, that's the, the great plan, the great purpose, the great rescue. And it ends with, it's by grace that you are saved. It's the only way that you are saved. Again, God's great love ties in well with First John, and as we're transitioning into this, it says, and God raised us up with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show his incredible riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Right? There's that hope, right? That, that hope of the future, that hope of yet of what's to come. Right? You've already got your ticket as a believer, if you want to use that analogy, to go to heaven. That's already planned for you. That seed is already set for you. No matter how bad things get here, there's hope for the future. There's something better already set for you. We're just waiting for that time to come. Verse 8 repeats it again. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Right? Repeats that same message again, right? That same thing, saved by grace, in case there's any doubt. He wants to make sure that's secure, that's hammered home. Right? It's not by works. It's not how good we do or what we do. Those aren't the things that save us. And I always like that, that ending part we kind of skip over, but so no one can boast. God knows us, right? Because we would. We, we'd do the compare game, right? We would boast, right? Hey, I'm doing this for the Lord. This one's doing that for the Lord. We'd compare, right? we try to one-up each other. And again, that's not the purpose. Not the purpose at all, right? But yet, we're not to sit idly by, right? You have a purpose. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. The other neat thing is the purpose is not the same, right? The purpose he has for you is different than the purpose he has for me. And so, really, there's no way to compare them. We shouldn't be comparing them, right? There's nothing to boast about. It's different. And God's created us to do those. I don't have to manufacture it. I don't have to pony up. I don't have to, to gather things, but I have to do what God's called me to do. Just have to be obedient. It's so the part that goes with this. The cool thing is, God, in the handiwork, He did that before creation. Again, that's God. He knew ahead of time what he has for you to do. It says He prepared it in advance. Right? You were born with a purpose. And for a lot of us, that's great hope, right? We know that we're not here by chance, we're not just to sit idly by, but we have a purpose, and God wants to use us. Finding out what that is is the key. That is the responsibility of you. And again, you need help with that. You need the Holy Spirit. You may need others to confirm that, but that's all part of that purpose that he has for you. And again, if you haven't read through Ephesians chapter 2 in a while, I'd encourage you to go back and work through that, but that's where we're jumping off this morning. And lastly, we're headed to 1 Thessalonians, if I can find my place. There we go. I have a lot of markers in there this morning. 1 Thessalonians, and for our, our last eternal life, or eternity, right? You know, there's, there's not a lot. Someone asked me recently, so Charlie, what do you know about heaven? And to be honest, there's not a lot written in the scriptures about heaven. I think, I think John's even bound by words in Revelation. I think he's, he's just trying to gather a few words to try to explain what he's seeing as he's writing. But we get a very small glimpse, and I think even the words are limited. They're bound by the words themselves. So I can't tell you a lot about heaven. I'm looking forward to getting there and finding out more about it. Right? There we go. Good word, Rory. Thank you. Hope of a... But it's ahead. It lies ahead for us, right? It's that hope of a better situation, a better place. Heaven is a real place. And so as brothers and sisters in Christ, we can look forward to that that hope and the day of the Lord. And Paul writes this letter to this church here in Thessalonica because one of the main purposes of that letter, and again, I'm just touching, touching the surface, is they were so assured that Christ was coming again that they just sold everything, just were waiting. They were just standing there waiting. They were, they were looking up all the time. Is today the day. But you say, it's not a bad thing in some ways, but the only problem was they were forgetting the other part of the, the purpose. And now we can look back and say, well, they would still be waiting because we're still waiting for that day. And so Paul has to encourage them, all right, it's great that you have that perspective, but you need to go a little bit further. You need to keep working through each day. You need to continue on until I come. I'm coming back, but just not quite yet. And so that's what Paul is writing here. But their perspective on eternal life wasn't bad, not all bad. And sometimes we need to to have a little bit more of that in our lives, right? I don't know about you, but I can get stuck on the the day-to-day, and I kind of get my head down and what's going on in my little world, and I lose track of where I'm going. My ultimate destination is heaven. And I need that encouragement, that hope of the future. So that's what's the backdrop to this, and part of this you can see, especially here in these verses in chapter 5, Paul's encouraging of the, the day that's yet to come. Picking up in verse 4, it says, "'But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or, or to the darkness.'" So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith the love of the breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Is that word again, that hope, right? That hope of the future. Paul's really calling them to, to to get back to living, right? You're the of the day, right? Don't waste time just waiting. Get to work. Again, Paul would agree, the, the purpose, you know, back to what it is God's called you to do. That loving others, relationship. How we live our lives is important. Right? But he says, hey, you're not, you're, not like the, you're not like the world. You have a different perspective. I love that here in this verse, right? You, you have that hope of salvation. You, you can look forward to the things that are yet to come. You're not stuck. You're not stuck in your sin long any longer, right? You're not like those folks around you. Like I said, it doesn't take us long to see that, right? The, the world can drag us down pretty quick. In fact, they they put their hope in a lot of things that are going to break their hearts, right? Dare I say that some people put their hopes in politics, finances, other people. It's false hope. Putting hope in the wrong place will lead you to disappointment every time. It'll let you down. But that's not the hope that Paul's talking about here. It's not the hope that we've been talking about this morning. Verse 9, it says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we're awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. I don't know if you highlight or not, but you might want to underline those verses and go back to them. And maybe that would be a good verse to... PJ put them up in the refrigerator and it's not a bad place because it's a place I used to visit frequently and I still do. But it's a a good place. It's a good reminder. Maybe in the the bathroom mirror right in the morning, right? God didn't appoint us to suffer wrath but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing, right? Paul's saying it. It's great. You're doing some good things, right? It kind of loops back to others, right? One of the things that we're supposed to do is to love them, but we're also supposed to encourage each other. It's one of the, the, the beauties of hope, right? Hope encourages us. Hope should encourage us of what's yet to come, that eternal life that we have with Christ. When we don't suffer anymore, there's no more tears, there's no more sorrow, there's no more heartache. Hope that we have through Christ. And so this morning, I hope this has given you a little bit to work on, a little bit to think about, a little bit to meditate on, or as I like to say, marinate on. Let it seep in a little bit. Get to the core. The hope we have in Christ. And if there's someone here this morning that's struggling saying, you know what, I don't have that hope. I don't have that inside of me. Please see me. I would love to, to talk to you a little bit more about that, maybe unpack that a little bit more. Again, we're just touching on it this morning briefly. But if you can remember the acronym, Holy Spirit, Others, Purpose, and Eternal Life. May it give you hope this morning and this time of year. Pray with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the hope that you've given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, what a blessing it is to come together and to worship and to praise you and to spend time not only with you, Lord, but with brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for the gift that you've given us, Lord, and Lord, I just pray that more will receive that, that your word will spread throughout this area, throughout this community, Lord, and beyond. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.